this is Laura. And this is Ardine. And welcome to What Happens After Dark. Ooh, welcome, people. This is our first episode about me, and we are just going to rock your socks off today, I'm telling you. And we had our launch party yesterday. That was a success. <laughs> oh, and it was so much fun. We want to thank everybody that came. And those that couldn't, we understand the circumstances, mm -hmm. but we appreciate the videos they sent. Uh, we were just excited and happy. It was wonderful. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. And we had so much yummy food. Oh, yeah. We still have some. Yeah, we were um, snacking a minute ago. Yeah. <laughs> Eat mini eclairs and cream puffs and meat and cheese and crackers, crackers. and chips. Yeah. <laughs> It was all good. Yummy, <laughs> yummy. So we will upload some of those pictures mm -hmm. and obviously the videos um once we have them all and so yeah. that you can see you yeah see, we'll share we want to share that can. with you yeah, yeah we want to share, share everything i well not everything but of course but like most of the stuff because this is for you guys like our exactly. deans keep saying and we just want you guys to enjoy the ride with us exactly. and just be a part of our wad group here man yeah our our new adventure in this life and yes you know, we're, we're quite up there in our years, but we're proud of who we are. And, That's right. And this is a dream that we were able to make it come true. Um, so we're here for that. Thank you yep. so much. And, and we're going to have merch, oh, really good yes. merch for you. We're excited. That's down the road. And, and we're just ready to rock and roll. We've got a really creepy guy to cover today, but we do want to start with our, like, some news the headlines. And I was reading something so disturbing. This makes me so mad, Ardine. It's mm -hmm. about this lady in Florida, Orlando. She was 36 years old, and she is accused of defrauding an 87-year-old Holocaust survivor. So this man had gone through hell, and uh -huh. he's got this woman. That's terrible. Florida is very known for that. Um, they are really, really big on fraud. So I when you were living there, did you, like, witness some of a lot. Oh, my goodness, yeah. yes. A lot. Um, I, I worked first as a property manager, and we had to do background checks and things, and it's the things that come up is like, whoa. Like really creepy bad. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. gosh. Why yeah. do people have to do that? I just, just let, just live your own damn life and leave everybody else alone. and Exactly. And don't take from people, especially somebody... Here's this Holocaust survivor that went through hell. Hell. And he's 87 years old. He's a vulnerable adult as it is. Yes. Shame. And do you know how much she got from him? $2.8 million. Holy. So he was a wealthy man, but I don't care if you're wealthy or poor, you do not deserve to ever be defrauded uh, or to be... Yeah, to have this happen to you. It's just, it's disturbing. It's very disturbing. It's insane. I don't understand people's mentality. Like, if you're that smart, why can't you use that intelligence, that smart, that creativity to do good? Yeah. Something that will make you proud. Something you don't have to hide. It's ridiculous. I hope she rottens in jail. Yeah, I hope so, too. I was looking to see... Um, cause I know she was getting about 50,000 a month, which cool. I don't even make in a year. I know. Um, it looks like on January 25th, um, the U S attorney's office for Southern district of New York announced that Sturgo was charged with one count of wire fraud and faces a maximum 
sentence of 20 years in prison. So if she serves the full 20, she'll be 50-something. Six, six yeah. when she gets out. And if she gets, you know, a lot of times they say, okay, mm-hmm. you went half and you're a good model prisoner. But I feel like she should be in there a lot longer than that because yeah. she, she took everything from this man and his family. That was money he probably would have left to his kids and stuff. And not in the, only in the material way, but like mentally, dignity, mm-hmm. his his own safety, uh, the will to want to trust a human being. That's all taken away with it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I like what this guy said. FBI assistant director Michael J. Driscoll added, we uh, we allege the defendant uh, callously preyed on a senior citizen mm-hmm. simply seeking companionship, defrauding him of his life savings. And so, I mean, it's such a false thing for that 87 year old man. Just like this, you know, he's thinking that. He's living this life where he's got maybe a girlfriend, a companion, and she's just like taking sucking up all his money. Yeah, and Boy. it just it makes me so mad. And oh, the charges were announced just days before the Holocaust Remembrance Day, so she's gonna go to jail. And um, thank goodness. Yes, I'm glad. And just in time of a day where he probably you know pays tribute to all his family and friends that maybe died in a in a situation you know they're in the hall can you imagine how many people he lost and yeah and what he had to go through to survive and to flee i know i know i just wrong it is so wrong at every level i do love watching like the old um like videos or pictures watching looking at those pictures of when the troops came in and those people how they were stuck behind the wire fences but then they opened them Uh and those people were just it's it, I've got chills so bad. And those people were just able to come out of that concentration camp and, and run free and be free. And I just, I'm a chunky monkey, but I look at those pictures and those poor people were just so thin. Skin and bones. Yeah. And I, I no mean, they nourished. must have been such a strong person to be able to survive something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And I just, I have so much love for them and, and, and admiration think about it we're talking about the holocaust yeah it has to do with the episode we're going to talk about today. yeah oh that's true i didn't even put two and two together on that uh, yeah <laughs> it's like oh you'll see gosh. why you will see why but that's yeah that's it, interesting how we yeah. unknowingly picked this story and it has uh, to do with the story we're going to talk about today holocaust. wow i know i just Gosh, and I know you're from Ecuador. So, did any of the Holocaust, the war, well, the war criminals? Because you know how some escaped to South America yes. to get away from being mm-hmm. persecuted in Ecuador. Did you guys have those? We did. Uh, I think mainly they flee to Argentina. And okay. There's a speculation um, that uh, Hitler didn't die the way he did uh, because they found a Nazi in Argentina that was honoring this unmarked grave. Oh, my gosh. And they think that that's where he, he like, he faked his own death and went to Argentina, and that's where he actually died with his right. Because they found, I think, you know, the people that were close to him mm-hmm. in Argentina, they were... Interesting. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. Well, I had heard that they thought that he faked his own death, but I didn't know that that... The story there yeah. from that. Yeah, so, because they found him. There was 
pictures of him uh, in the news and, you know, how they lift their hand and it yes. was an unmarked grave. And um, so they... Heil Hitler. Yeah. That's what, yeah. So if they're doing that at and a grave, he, I feel yeah, like Yeah, he was one of his generals or one of those that he found like like almost his right-hand man or something. And um, they arrested him because he's like a world, world criminal. Yeah. Mini girl. Yeah, she's joining our podcast mm-hmm. here. But I don't know if they ever, um, you know, took the rest, the things out of the grave and tested him. I don't know. It's just something that people were saying because that's, they found like his main squeeze. Well, was the general that was there doing that? Did they get him and put him in jail? Yeah. Okay, good, good, good. Yeah, yeah. he got arrested in the cemetery. <laughs> honoring this grave. And good. he had his uniform, everything. So he was still uh, fit he enough was to still, fit into that. Yes. How stupid is that? <laughs> yeah. That's like, hey, here, point a flag on me. Come get me. Come get me. Hello. <laughs> like, he wasn't going to be seen. Like, I don't know. But I remember when I was little... And in the newspaper, I can clearly, clearly remember that picture. It just forever stuck with me. Yeah. Well, let's start on our person today. I don't even like calling him a human being because I feel like he had no human being qualities, to tell you the truth. No soul. No soul. Um, So you might recognize this person by the nicknames he had, the Mad Butcher, the Plainfield Ghoul, the Plainfield Butcher, Body Snatcher, and then Eddie. So we're talking about Ed Gein today. Edward Theodore Gein, born August 27th, 1906. Um, We're going to get into his life quite a bit. And um, we're going to talk a little bit, too, about his mother. Because she's definitely a huge influence on um, how he behaved and the terrible atrocities that he did. He did, how Mm -hmm. he turned out. Yeah. So he was born to George Philip Gein and Augusta Wilhelmine Gein. Um, he did have an older brother named Henry George Gein. Um, the family, they were devout Lutherans. Um, and in Ed's growing up, he was only permitted to go to school and then return back to the family farm. So his days were spent um, being preached to by his mother, Augusta. Like she was uh, one of those preachers that get up there. And that's what I picture when I say that. It's like one of those up at the pulpit, like, hallelujah. You know? Okay, sorry. I'm not making crowd. fun of religion, but I, I yeah. yeah <laughs> just, that's, that's, that's just kind of like what came up in my yeah. mind when I, when I see that. Um, so sorry, people. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, so she did make sure her boys understood that the world was innately immoral evil of drinking, and that all women, aside from herself, were promiscuous little tools of the devil. Mm. Um, How convenient, right? I know. The only woman in the entire universe. <laughs> I know. That's that not- is holy. <laughs> holy shit. <laughs> yeah, she's full of a lot of holes. A yeah. lot of holes filled with bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, crazy lady. And this was like every day. And it was like, Hours and hours, hours of listening to this. I'm sorry. Even when I was going to church and I had to go to church for three hours as a Mormon, you go to church for three hours and being preached to for those three hours was like overwhelming. And that was one day a week. 
Can you imagine every day? How every many day. hours? Oh no! I feel like that would twist your mind. Of course. Like your re- your perception of reality would not be what is real reality. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> Anyways, and also that his dad was just like an awful human being because he's an alcoholic and he, you know, he's just a piece of pos, you know, on mm-hmm. this just awful. Um. So him, uh, the father George and, uh. Mrs. Gein there, Augusta, they were married on, and her maiden name was Lurky, by the way. Lurky. Like, mm. she's a lurker. Lurker. He's a lurker. <laughs> she she lurked. definitely lurked on her <laughs> children. <laughs> and her husband is probably why he was an alcoholic. <laughs> I know. I know. Oh. And then they were born in my and then they were born. Then they were married in the month of my birth, which makes me mad. December 11th, 1900, um, in Hamburg, Vernon, Wisconsin. Um, I did try to find wedding photos or photos of the father. There's literally none of that on the internet. I found tons of Augusta. We're going to be posting okay. those. Um, tons of Ed and all his creepy crap and no photos of Henry. Either. I'll look back through my photos. There might be one or two, but I really could not find much on him. But I look at this too. Like if they were so like not able to leave the farm, maybe that's not why they're maybe that's why there's little photos. Little because they probably didn't want to be public. Yeah. Because they knew what they were doing. Exactly. A little. Exactly. So because his mom plays this huge role in his life, we're going to talk a little bit about her. So um, Augusta Wilhelmine Lurky Gein. Um, she was often characterized that of a misanthropic and jealous person. She was known for her treatment of her children. Um, she often read, well, we talked about the Bible and how she thought about women. Um, she has some crimes of her own because she was such a creepy human being. Um, and her crimes are so gross. I do want to just tell a little bit of the story before we talk about her crimes is so her uh, Augusta and Ed, they were going on a walk and they came up upon this other person's farm, um, the Smith family. And this uh, the man, Mr. Smith, was out there just beating his dog to a bloody pulp. That's sad. Yeah. And we don't tolerate animal cruelty like that makes me sick to my stomach. Makes Um, my skin crawl. Yeah, it makes my skin crawl and it makes me just cry. What could you possibly beat a dog for? For because they're in, they're innocent. Innocent, their instinct. Yeah. They. I mean, I get mad at Millie sometimes and raise my voice, but I can't imagine. I, there's been two, three times that I've like smacked her on her butt, and I feel so guilty after I do that that I start mm-hmm. to cry, and I'm like, I'm sorry, Millie, I'm sorry, but I to stand there and beat an animal that way. No. No, that's terrible. And so so you would think Mm -hmm. that uh, Augusta is appalled at watching this animal be beaten. No, she is. um, She is Mm -hmm. appalled at the sight of Smith's wife begging him to stop. She did not like that this woman was begging him to stop. So that is what upset her out of that. So the wife coming out and telling him to stop. That's what she got mad about. What a, oh my God. I know. What a crazy. So it makes me kind of wonder like what was going on on the farm where, ooh, now I just, an answer to the question how we were saying Mm -hmm. earlier, where did he learn this? Mm -hmm. If she's, doesn't hate animals being beat that way, 
I bet it tr- stems from there. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, her crimes are misogyny, which is the deep hatred or dislike of women and girls. Misandry is the deep hatred or dislike of men and boys. Child abuse, domestic abuse, um, xenophobia, um, which is the fear or hatred of foreign, strange or alien things and torture. Um, so all of this is going to play into Ed's life. Um, so I, you know, when my grandmother was dying, I sat by her bedside, held her hand and just, you know, I loved her so Mm -hmm. much, but this lady, she was dying. She was laying there dying and she had Ed lay beside her and would not let him get up for nothing until she died until she was dead. Um, completely dead. And so a lot of speculation was that the relationship between Augusta and Ed may have been incestuous, which I really feel like that as I read down more through this and we go through the things that he was doing, I really feel like that was a very Incest. strong possibility. Of course, of course there's no and the that obsession for his mother has yeah. to be due to that. And I'll tell you guys a little secret. Well, something that I carry around is that, you know, my dad molested me. It was was awful. It was incestuous. And, but yet I did not do the horrible things that Ed did. He didn't turn out crazy. No. So, I mean, there's something else going on in his brain other than all the shit his mom did to him. I just, I I know tons of other people that have been molested by their parents. And they don't turn out mm -mm. bad. No. Um, so that's what, what you know, puzzles me. What makes them turn into these monsters? Exactly. Sorry, I had to take a drink of water, guys. Um, she w- had been believed to be schizophrenic, but in this time period, you know, there weren't, like, therapists that people mm-hmm. went to talk to. I mean, there are some, but it's different. It was so different back then, so different. And they hid it back then because yes. it was so embarrassing and it's something they didn't want public people to know. So they hit it instead of addressing it. Correct. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, you know, I'm so grateful that we live in this time where, I mean, mental health is still like something that people are ashamed of, but there's more help out there. Oh, much more. Much more help. And it's more talked about. I mean, society still, you know, kind of looks down on it, but our bodies are sick. So why can't our minds also be Mm -hmm. sick? Mm -hmm. So it makes me mad. Um, so she was, of course, also despised her husband when he would get drunk. Um, so how she was described is as an abusive control freak. So there you That's go. That's putting it nicely. Yeah, that is putting it nicely. <laughs> Honestly, I would call her a whole bunch of other oh, things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the family, when Ed was small and Henry, they owned a grocery store. Um, a local grocery store that was, you know, that's everybody went to go grocery shopping, but then they just walked away from that and moved to a farm that was 155 acres. That's huge. That's huge. That is huge. And Augusta loved it because then there was no outside influence on her children. She could be the control freak that she wanted to be. And they were in their own little world. Yes. Their own sick little world. world. Um, so Ed was described as a child with strange mannerisms, random laughter, laughing at his own jokes. Um, but you know what? I laugh at my own jokes. I'm not Ed guy, but I, sometimes I feel like kids can be cruel to other Mm -hmm. children that are different. Um, and that's something that I always look at too when I meet people and I think, gosh, you're such a weirdo. 
But you know what? We never know what's going on behind closed mm-hmm. doors. I'm mm-hmm. sure people thought I was a weirdo. I was a drama geek. Um, I shaved off all my head except for my bangs. I was a weirdo in high school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so that, I don't know. Yeah. Um, the sad thing is, is that his mom never allowed the boys to have friends. And when you're a child, that is something that builds your foundation, builds your social. Your development yeah. is based on social friends. skills. Yeah, you need friends. I mean, who did these boys have to talk to mm-hmm. with all this going on at home? Nobody. Nobody. And if she, he they, and if she found out that they did make friends, she would beat them. Oh my god! So that like it was a sin to do that. It makes me so bad, uh, so mad. And so um, his father did die on April first, nineteen forty. The internet did note not an April Fool's joke. <laughs> um, and Ardina and I were joking earlier about like he probably, if he could just like the wife be like, yeah, it was April Fool's, haha. He's never coming back because he's passed. But that was his out to go live a, a happier a life, peaceful life away <laughs> from her. <laughs> but he did, he did, he did pass away, and it was because of the. Um, you know, the alcoholism, it just, it killed him slowly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so after the father died, then Ed and Henry were required to go out and get jobs, um, which, you know, here they are. They never were allowed to be made to have friends, but they're shoved out into the world mm-hmm. of go get some jobs. Yep. So uh, you can support mommy dear. Yep. Mommy dear is like that movie. Isn't there one where it's like, it's kind of older and it's Virginia Woolf. It's like a book and it got made into a movie. I can't remember who plays in it. I'm going to have to look that up. But they call him Mommy Dearest, oh. the crazy lady. Um, <laughs> um, so at this time, Ed, one of his favorite jobs or one of the jobs that Ed did was babysitting um, for the neighbors, which mm. I just makes my skin, my skin crawl. Mine too. I mean, it's just like, I don't know. But then you got to understand they didn't know. Ooh, or what he was, or what is I'm because you know what everybody he probably didn't know start or God knows what he did to those kids. That's right, and I mean, like it's like that thing you just you don't know what goes on behind closed doors, but when you mm-hmm. step out in public, you're a totally different. person. Oh yes, of course, so, manipulating, portraying somebody they're not to hide who they are. Exactly, and I feel like that happens a lot with like abused women and stuff. Mm-hmm. Is that we lose this, this piece of us, mm-hmm. and when we have to put it all uh-huh. back together again. Like it's hard. It's hard. And I really don't think you ever get your, the person you were before the abuse back. Like it's a whole new reality. But you can get a better version of it. I think uh, in my case, I'm a better version. Me too. Me too. Uh, And I'm proud of everything I have accomplished. And I am so grateful uh, for everything that has come my way. So. And I'm grateful, too, that we are, like, survivors. We are mm-hmm. survivors. Mm-hmm. You know, we were. We are survivors. Yeah. And so, you know, I feel like maybe, I don't know. I just wouldn't want Ed watching my children. Let's just put it there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, guys. No. <laughs> no. I don't no. know. That just seems weird. But. Yeah. No. 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 Um, and then Henry, he, bega- he began dating a single mom of two. Um, it never states, like, you know, why she was a single mom, like if her, you know, her husband had passed or they got a divorce or whatever. Um, but he was planning on moving in with her. This was his out. He was going to be able to get away from his mom. mom. And she got mad. She got I'm really sure. mad. <laughs> I'm uh, sure. And of course, now this is 
the devil's tool that oh, is yeah. her son's That's turning to. Poisoning her, you know, cute yeah. little son. <laughs> oh, my so, God. So she was pissed. And so then on the farm, like, I know I lived up in San Pete County, Utah, and, like, they would create fires, you know, so that a big fire wouldn't break out. So on um, May 16th, 1944, um, Henry and Ed, they were doing this. They were burning uh, marsh vegetation on the property. And then the fire got out of control. And this drew attention from the local fire department then, which makes Augusta mad because here we are, we're out here for a reason, not yeah. to have people coming in. So the fire, they, the firemen come and they get the fire put out. And then Ed is like, well, where's my brother? Oh. You know, I can't find my brother. And so then a search party was called in because they couldn't find um, Henry. And so, um, on May 16th, 1944, Henry is dead. Um, they do find his body face down, asphyxiation. Um, and so it, but it didn't seem right because there's a, an author that kind of like speculates a biographer, sorry, Harold, uh, Schechter, um, because there was bruising on Henry's head, um, Mm. and on his back. And so, you know, it wasn't, and there was no burn marks. It was just this beating. That, the mom. Yeah, I definitely. The mom probably was already angry because, you know, he was with a whore. And now she's blaming him for the fire. I agree with she that. She probably beat him up too much mm-hmm. to where she killed him. And with all the smoke inhalation. Yep. If she know, knocked him out and he went face down, yeah, then he's going to die from. He's going to, that's, yeah. yeah. Um, and then, so Augusta after this had one stroke and then she had another, uh, in December 29th, 1945, which is how she died. Mm -hmm. She was 67 years old. Um, in the words of author Harold Schechter, um, Ed had lost his only friend and one true love, and he was absolutely alone in the world. So to me, I mean, I know sons, you know, they, their first love is their moms, you know, but it, there's a point where they're. That's that's wrong. <laughs> they <should> exactly. <laughs> so um, it's not healthy. No, it's not healthy at all. And so now she's dead. But there's nothing that I could find like where she was buried or anything. Um, just that she's dead. She's gone. So Ed remained on the farm, but he boarded up all the rooms that his mother would have been in. So basically he's got the living room, the kitchen and his little tiny room just Mm -hmm. off of the kitchen. And this is where we come in with where we are putting two and two together with the Holocaust. Mm -hmm. Um, So he became very interested in reading pulp magazines. And I didn't, I should have looked that up more, you know, maybe back in the fifties, this was something that was a publication that Mm -hmm. many people read. I don't know. Um, And adventure stories. Well, I'd like adventure stories, but Mm -hmm. not these kind. Um, particularly those involving cannibals or Nazis atrocities, atrocities. Um, specific, specifically from an author, Ilse Koch, who was a German war criminal who was an overseer at the Nazi concentration camps, which were run by her husband. So this was Ed's role model. These are the people that he looked up to. He was like... Oh, I love what you're doing. So he, that's how he was feeding himself and came up with the idea. 
Yep. And so then this fueled his love of, I would say, bloodthirst mm-hmm. is what I kind of picture. Like yes. A, like a love of bloodthirst. And so um, on November 16th, 1957, um, Plainsfield hardware store owner Bernice Warden disappeared. Her son, Deputy Sheriff Frank Warden, entered the store at 5 p.m. and found the cash register wide open and blood stains on the floor. <sighs> How sad to be the son to find that. Like, yeah, and he's a sheriff? Yeah, he was a, he was a sheriff there. So um, Frank told investigators on the night before his mother's disappearance, Gein had been in the store and that he was to have returned the next morning for a gallon of antifreeze. And that's the last receipt um, that was written in the in the little receipt book. And that night, Frank and his mom were both in the store. And I really think that he didn't kill Bernice that night because her son was there. Mm. Yeah. So um, then now this is directing, you know, they want Ed because he's obviously the last receipt. Mm-hmm. And they did arrest him that, that night at West Plainfield Grocery Store. Um, and then, of course, the the whole sheriff's department is dispatched to the home. Oh, now we're okay. going to go look at the house. Um, and so what they discovered there is a lot of, a whole lot of nasty. A whole lot of nasty. This is where you need to hold on to your butts. Mm-hmm. And, and, and re- think about, this is where the comparison of like, what happened with the Jews in these concentration camps and what Ed Gein did with these bodies. With these bodies, yes. Mm-hmm. So Washura deputy discovered Warden's decapitated body in a shed on the property, hung upside down by her legs with a crossbar at her ankles and rope at her wrists. The torso was dressed out like a deer. She had been shot with a twenty-two caliber rifle and mutilations were made after death. Thank goodness she had passed. Before all of that. All of that. Yeah. I can't, I, I just, I can't I even can't go there. I can't possibly imagine Mm-mm. going through that alive. No, no. And for those that are hunters out there, you know, you know what has to be done with an animal. And this is how he treated a human. Um, so when they started searching the house, they found mm-hmm. whole human bones and fragments a wastebasket made of human skin, mm. human skin covering multiple chair seats, skulls on bedposts, female skulls, some with the top shape sawed off, and bowls that were made with those skulls. Let's have some cereal. Yep, here's your tomato soup and grilled cheese sandwich, people. <laughs> <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> Do you like my new china? <laughs> oh, disgusting. Oh, no, no. No. Um, and then he made a corset and it was made from a female torso skinned from shoulders to waist and matching leggings from the leg skin. I wear leggings and I definitely don't ever want to wear human skin as my leggings. No. Oh, yuck. Yeah. Oh. And then there were masks made from, um, female heads. And honestly, when I picture this every single time I talk about it is like, I'm going to a masquerade ball mm-hmm. and someone coming in with an actual human skin mask. Oh, yuck. yeah. I can't. It's just oh. disgusting. Um, so the second victim that we'll also be talking about is Mary Hogan. And they found her skull in a box. Um, Bernice Warden's whole head was in a burlap sack and her heart was in a plastic bag 
in front of the guy's potbelly stove. So the thing I think about that is he was going to cook that hard and eat it. Cannibals. Yeah, that's, that's the cannibal where the part. Cannibal part. Yeah. They found nine vulva in a shoebox, a young girl's dress, and the vulvas of two female judge should have been about 15 years old. And then the accessory that all women want, a belt made from female human nipples. How fashionable. Yeah. Versace, aren't you jealous? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Four noses. And why would you keep four noses? Like, what is the, like, what is the mentality? What are those noses going to serve? Like earrings to match the nipple belt? Probably, yeah. (laughs) Most likely. (laughs) Um, A pair of lips on a window shade drawstring, a lampshade made from the skin of human faces, and fingernails from female fingers. No. Um, The sheriff's department was very um, respectful, and so they photographed everything. They need it for evidence. You know, they have to do that. But then they decently disposed of all the all yeah. the things you know as respect yeah so, they i mean to show oh respect God. for those those victims um, were they able to ever tell who those victims were i don't think so i mean when we talk about like when they when they go to some of the graves mm-hmm. but they didn't open up all the graves so oh, okay. who know you know we don't know okay who they were yeah and <sighs> So when this monster was questioned, he told investigators that between 1947 and 1952, he had made as many as 40 nocturnal visits to three local graveyards to exhume recently buried bodies. And he did this when he was in a dazed state of mind. Okay. Yeah. Liar. Easy boy. Liar. Mm-mm. I call it bullshit. Yes. Me too, girl. Me too. Mm-mm. So he says on about 30 of those visits... He said that he came out of the days while in the cemetery, left the grave in good order, and returned home empty-handed. No. On, yeah, no. Never. On, <laughs> on other occasions, he dug up the graves of recently buried middle-aged women he thought resembled his mother and took the bodies home where he tanned their skins to make um, his paraphernalia. Um, so he did admit to stealing from nine graves from the local cemeteries. He even led the investigators to the locations. Um, Alan Wilmowski of the State Crime Lab participated in opening three test graves that were identified. Gynes had robbed the the graves soon after the funerals while the graves were not completed. Because back then they didn't, like, put the dirt on top right away. So a lot of times they were It took a day or two. Yeah. I'm really glad they do that now, though, that they yeah. bury them when they're, go to, they're buried. Um, and so two of the exhumed graves were found empty, probably because he never returned any of the body. Mm-hmm. Um, one casket, Gine had failed to open when he lost his pry bar, mm. poor baby, and most of the body was gone from the third uh, grave. Yet Gine had returned rings and some body parts, so pretty much his confession was largely corroborated. Um, so there's a huge long process to tanning um, a hide. I did pull off those steps on the internet of how to tan animal hide, not human. I don't want you guys to think I was like researching how to tan a human hide. But there is a process. You know, you got to flush it. You've got to dry it out. You have to stretch it. You know, you've got to treat it with chemicals um, so that it doesn't decompose. Uh-huh. Of course. So it dries properly so he can create his masterpieces. 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh I know. I I really want a lampshade like that. Me too. It. Where can we get it? I like, know. Oh my God. Let's go. You know, to the cemeteries while we're <laughs> investigating. You know, dig up some skin. <laughs> Yuck. Oh God. So the, in the internet, it was listed as. And by the way, I got these sources from Wikipedia and Murder Murderpedia. Um, so the fun fact is, soon after his mother's death, he began making his woman suit. His thoughts were he could crawl into his mother's skin. Um, yeah, I mean, I love my mom, but I don't want to crawl into her skin. I don't want to crawl into nobody's skin. No, I like my own skin. It's, yeah, I'm fine it may where be, I am. It may be a flabby abby, but yeah, it's my flabby abby. But it's my, exactly. <laughs> I love my flubber. <laughs> <laughs> so he did deny of having sex with the dead bodies mm. because he felt like they smelled so bad. But, I mean, he, he's taking them home. So And he's living with it. Like, you're telling me he didn't like that scent? Of course mm. he did. It probably turned him on. Exactly. There's no way. Mm -mm. Yeah. Sorry, Eddie. Yeah, no, we don't believe you. Yeah. <laughs> so he did admit to the shooting death of Mary Hohan a tavern, tavern owner missing since 1954. Mm. Um, her head was found at the house, um, but he then later denied the memory of killing, killing her. her. Of course. How so convenient. he admits it, and then he's like, oh, we I really can't. don't remember. Yeah, whatever. Mm. Yeah, whatever, dude. Um, another victim was a 16-year-old youth, or no, not a victim, sorry, but like a witness to some of his atrocities. A 16-year-old youth whose parents were friends with Gein mm -hmm. and who attended ball games and movies with him. Um, I can't imagine going out to the movies or a ball game with somebody like this. But, again, you know, they didn't know of that course. he was like this. But they did know that he had shrunken heads in his house, um, which Gein had described as relics from the Philippines sent by a cousin who'd served in the islands during World War II. And so upon investigation, the police, the, they determined them to be human facial skins carefully peeled from corpses and used by gynas masks. So they were able to say, no, these are not shrunken heads from the Philippines. These are masks that he made. So that was shot he down really fast. He had to have known how to do this. He had exactly. to have learned at an early age with maybe his father. Yes. Definitely, and I mean, he was being preached to day and day, but I'm, I'm telling you that there had to be a time where he was taken out. He was either taught how to hunt or hit, falling back to that dog when the mom was like, just a, not appalled at that. It makes me think, what was she doing to animals? So therefore she was maybe teaching her son like what to do with the hide. Oh, yeah. That maybe. she was maybe beating and killing animals or just killing them, whatever, so that she could teach them. I mean, because she did write off the husband as an idiot, you know, yeah. this guy that's constantly drunk and is useless. Um, oh, my God. So, whatever, Augusta, whatever floated your boat. You lurky <laughs> <Yeah>. biatch. <Yeah>. <laughs> you lurker. <laughs> um, so then, uh, during questioning, Washara County Sheriff Arch Lee reported assaulted so reportedly assaulted guy he banged his head into a brick wall good so i mean i can't imagine being on one side of the table having to interview somebody like this and not lose your cool 
Of course. Not. I don't know how police do that. You, I don't know. They have to have some kind of special gene or training or something to be able to do that because there is no way I could. No, I wouldn't be able to control myself. To, uh, no. 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 Like, and I feel like they'd have to, like, separate their minds somehow to be able to... And then for the ones that they know they did it and still there's nothing to prove it. Mm-hmm. And they, I could not. That would be so hard. Like, <sighs> you absolutely know this person did this, and yet... Yeah, and I know. That's... Mm-mm. So, you know That's what? a tough job. Shlee, I'm sorry, you know, but I, I would probably be at the same way. And I would have um, done the same. So because this happened, though, it did... Um, Guy's initial confession was ruled inadmissible. Um the sad thing, too, is that Schlele died of a heart failure at age 43, young, so young. 43 years young, in 1968, right before Gein's trial. Um, people who knew Schlee stated he was so traumatized by the horrors of the case and a fear of testifying at the trial that it was all just too much for him to bear. Um, one of his friends stated that he was a victim of Ed Gein as surely Absolutely. as if he had been butchered. Absolutely. Yeah. His body might have not been butchered, but mentally, emotionally, he was butchered just as bad. Yes. And for him to lose it and lose the most important evidence. Yeah. He probably he felt. It had to eat, yep. eat at him. Just so much guilt. Yes. That and poor to guy. be his family and have to, like, watch him suffer like that. Just yeah. that weighing on him so much. Yeah. It's just, it's heartbreaking. And so. Um, that's where we're going to stop for part one. When we come back for, uh, part two, we're going to talk about the trial. We're going to talk about the victims. We're going to, there's a lot more to cover, um, about Ed Gein and how he died and so forth. Um, I just, I'm, I'm glad that we got this case recorded because I know, I know a lot of other podcasters have, um, covered it, but I just felt like I wanted to cover it in my own way. So I'm glad mm-hmm. we got to do that today. Mm-hmm. Um, but shout out to like all victims of, you know, domestic abuse, child abuse, you know, any kind of abuse. And and again, if you see people out there that may look like, hey, they need help. Seek help. Yeah. Do it. Don't think twice. No, Report just it. Say, hey, are you okay today? Yeah. You know, we've come to a part in society where we don't want to be in public. We don't want to, you know, but. That's why there's, I feel like, mental health. Like, we work for an insurance Mm -hmm. company, and one part of our um, company's department is finding doctors for our members, and Mm -hmm. they cannot find therapy appointments for these people. It's like six months out. Yeah. And so by that time, you know, who knows what could have happened. And those six months, exactly. So, yeah, if you see somebody that needs help, if in your own friend's circle, start there. And if you see, you know, one of your friends is really suffering, just step up and be that That person. person. Don't pull out your your phone and make a video, you yeah. know. No, oh, I see lots of those. That That's makes me stupid. so mad. Uh, just pull up your brains and do something about it. Help them out. Yes. Mm-hmm. exactly so we're going to end with a positive note because this was a lot to digest yes and yes so most of our episodes we're going to have something nice and positive at the end yep to yep. help you through <laughs> yes exactly so the card that i pulled for you guys today because like in about me i said i am a oracle tarot card reader um is joan of arc um and her message is learn from those who inspire you be a role model, be a, 
someone who gives inspiration, aspiration, success, heroes. And mm-hmm. so she was this heroic person in, you know, in, in the history. And there's a lot of like different stories out there about her, but it all just pulls back to what a hero she was. And it, I'm glad that card came out because that's how I see the officer, Sheely. Yeah. He yes. Was definitely inspirational and a, and a hero in this case. So I do. I think so too. I think that's how we're going to want to honor him mm-hmm. and all the victims. Yep. I do. He was definitely, he was a Joan of Arc. Um, so by displaying, by you displaying strength, hope, and determination, um, Joan of Arc became uh, an inspiration and a role model uh, to generations of people. And that's what you can do. You can be that same person and inspire people. And just think how you could change your posterity if you were this type of person. Um, you know, just and share your success stories with people because that gives them hope. Um, be that example. And so there is a quote. It says, tell me your heroes and I'll tell you how your life will end up. And that's by Warren Buffett. So guys, I'm just so grateful for today. And um, what a what an awful type of story, but what a great card to pull at the end. And mm-hmm. we're going to tackle how it all pulled together. Tomorrow. Isn't that yes. synchronicity? Yep, huh? synchronicity. So... Uh, we want to end letting you know that you can find our episodes in Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Podcast. Uh, you can check um, the pictures that we want to post so you can put a face to the stories that we're telling. We're going to post those on our Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to do that on our Instagram and TikTok. And yeah. it's What Happens After Dark LL. Or it's going to be WAD, W-H-A-D, 1210 for TikTok. Uh, So stay tuned. We have more to come, and we'll continue with Ed Guy next week. Yep. And we have a Patreon, so if you ever feel like you want to donate, um, our website is in the progress of being completed. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, there's lots of things you guys will be able to view for us, but... Thanks, Sardine, for being here today. And And thank you (laughs) for that story. (laughs) Thank you, everybody, for listening. You all have a wonderful week, and stay tuned. Bye. Bye.